The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Advent of artificial intelligence is something of a Pandora's box. Now, it's easy to be seduced by a scattering of dystopian books and films warning of subjugation to robotic overlords. In the shorter term, too, concern about AI's impact on the jobs market is doing the rounds. But some experts in the field put these concerns down to scaremongering and insist on highlighting the enormous benefits that AI brings to the table. Barry O'Sullivan is a professor of AI in University College Cork, and he's with me now. He's making a presentation uh, to the Science Summit this afternoon, but uh, with us in advance of that. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, what is fascinating about this is um, that you've been telling me that AI is all around us, and it has been for quite a long time. For years and years, absolutely. All of your listeners have probably come in contact with many AI systems already this morning. They might have turned on the TV and used Spotify or something like that. They might have watched a movie last night and had a had a Netflix or something suggest something to them. Their car might even have figured out how many people are in the car this morning. Their spam filter on their email has taken away all the nonsense. They've come in contact with, with AI a lot. So of AI has been working away quietly for how yes. long? Um, well, the, the term was coined in 1955. I think people have been uh, using it uh, in their daily lives for probably 20 years or more, and it hasn't killed them yet. Now, um, what, what we might call it instead, I suppose, mm. is machine learning. Yes. Uh, well, yes, absolutely. You know, the, yeah. the, you've got a machine, uh, a software-driven machine, sure. but it's learning stuff and yep. it is putting together uh, new stuff and comparing it to what it knew before mm. and augmenting that knowledge mm. to try and improve what mm-hmm. it's doing. Yeah, so machine learning is basically trying to replicate our ability to learn. So it sort of observes the world and then tries to come up with a hypothesis about what's going on and then apply that. And that can be used to, you know, this... This email is spam. This is not spam. That and it gets it, it wrong sometimes. It, oh, it gets it wrong a lot. Absolutely. So, um, in fact, I think it's I think it's fair to say it's guaranteed to make mistakes. Um, one of the the aspects of uh, artificial intelligence is that there has to be at the beginning of the process a human. Mm-hmm. The human can lay down the criteria by which the machine learns yep. or the program learns. Mm-hmm. So, does that therefore bias? The potential result. I mean, if you if you program something, and you're a far righter or a far lefter, yep. you can determine what kind of stuff it's Absolute, going to spout. Absolutely. So if you're if you're selecting what data an AI system is going to be trained on, then of course you're making a judgment. Um, there's lots of examples of where there has been human intervention on with AI systems to get them to do things that we thought were more correct. You know, for example, when when Obama was running for election, there was this campaign to portray him not in a very attractive style on Google Images. Google intervened manually. Um, of course, when you, when you read news, you buy books, you know, the, the recommender system on Amazon is going to recommend more. So you, you can end up in a necro chamber. So even if you're not purposefully trying to manipulate it, you can direct it in a way that might not be in your best interest so, sometimes. So, you know, we get this message from Google Ads every so often. Did you like this ad? Yep. Is this appropriate to what you want? And you yep. chick, tick the box and say, I don't want any more of this, yep. or I do. Um, that's AI. At Absolutely. Work. That's AI, and that's labeling an example. That's saying that um, I like that book, I like that image, I like that advertisement, or I don't like to see that anymore. And so you're as you interact with the world online, you are training machine learning systems. So it means that if, if you have a particular bias um, oh. towards mm-hmm. uh, Scottish tartans, 
you're going to constantly be bombarded with, with some Scottish sort tartans. of things about Scottish tartans. <laughs> yes, and exactly. I mean, if you're into pornography, you're going to get the same. Mm. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, there's lots of negative content, and harmful content online. And if you engage with it, then you can end up getting a lot of that. And you know, there's some research recently from DCU that showed that, you know, once, for example, young men start engaging with with very sort of alpha male type content, they get lots of this um, really negative um, content coming at them on their social media profile, really like a like a like a train. So how you how you behave and how you interact online really does sort of put you in a box. Does does get you part of a gang to some extent, and you get the content that sort of fits yeah. them, and that can be really problematic. Yeah. And then in terms of politics, you mentioned the echo chamber that sure, the, the people chamber. who in, in involve themselves with certain kinds of mm-hmm. websites, they'll get more of them. Yeah, and of course, there's not just um, not just that, but also there's the there's the micro targeting. You know, so lots of times in elections, for example, in the case of the 2016 American election, you know, advertising was very carefully honed. The message, the text, the imagery was very carefully uh, modified to you know to get that sort of uh, that that voter who was on the precipice to to go one or the other. So that was done not as not on mass as a group, but to you individually, and that is that is possible. That's one of the challenges, and I suppose the risks of AI that we need to be very conscious of. It automates things that could have that would otherwise take a long time to do. Um, so Obama was using analytics in his election, but he wasn't doing it in an automated fashion. By the time Trump comes around, the technology moved on, and now you can do things really at the individual level. And that's the power. That's the power. How do you combat that? So it's really challenging, right? So I think, uh, first of all, there's lots of work being done at the moment on the regulation of AI. The EU is about to introduce uh, a law. Let's see how that works out. Um, there's education. People need to understand you know, the consequences of clicking that button and clicking that like. Um, but I think you know the, the challenge is that you know we really need to treat the online world as a as not like a wild west, not like something that anybody can say whatever they please. But I think we need to, you know, we need good sort of good good practices. You know, you as a professional broadcaster, you know, you've got a professional standard to uphold. Yeah. And I think online we need to do something similar in terms of the content, and we need yeah. to call out the nonsense. And but and every, everything that I do, you know, I'm kind of over it. You know, I, the, it's not a machine who's coming up with the questions I'm sure. asking. And so on. How do you regulate the machine? Yeah, so I think the machine always has to be um, working on behalf of a human being. A human being always has to be responsible. And so for every AI system that's produced, we need to be able to point to the individual who is responsible for that system. And I think that's really the, the sort of fundamental of, um, of AI ethics, that there is a, that there is a human who yeah. is responsible, who it's, is it's in control. It's interesting in terms of uh, financial uh, regulation and rules, there's a new law coming in mm-hmm. which will make not just a bank responsible for wrongdoing, for example, sure. but also an individual yes. separate to the bank. Now, if you know that down in Google Docs, you've got uh, individual A, B or C who is personally responsible for some wrongdoing by AI, that'll smarten them up a bit, I suspect. Oh, well, that was, that was smarten them up. And I think we, we do need to have we do need to introduce new forms of regulation, not just for AI, but the digital world in general, where that kind of thing is um, is the case. Because, you know, digital technology, by virtue of the speed and the, the scale of it, you know, and its potential to impact people negatively or positively, the power of it is such that, you know, people do need to be take, do need to be very responsible. And it's interesting, if you look at social media, for example, you know, the, you know lots of people get their news content from, um, yeah. from, from social media platforms, but those social 
social media platforms don't have any editorial responsibility. But are what they not simply, uh, you know, to use the term screen scraping? They're just screen scraping, but also they're trying to, you know, they're sending you content not to be helpful to you, but to, to get you to be helpful to them, right? So the, it's, yeah. there's also the business model of that's kind of twisted. Yeah, because but if they can keep you online and there's more and more ads. More advertising to be given. Yeah, exactly. Now, we've been really, in spite of ourselves, talking about the negatives sure, of AI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the positives you mentioned at the beginning, every day. Every we, day we use it. You know, there are mm-hmm. things helping us to, yep. to navigate our lives using AI and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. But in a, a more overt way, uh, how will AI change things in education? How will AI change things in the, the workplace? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in some sense, AI is the new sort of information technology. And in the same way that information technology changed the world, you know, say 20, 30 years ago, the digital computer, the personal computer, AI will do the same thing. And I think we don't tend to think anymore that the computer sort of is sitting there doing something. It kind of disappears into the background. And AI will do the same. It has been in the background for many, many years. So I think we'll see lots of uh, really fantastic applications. The COVID-19 vaccine is a great success story for AI. You know, the, the, the search for promising leads that was done by AI. Ultimately, a human being discovered the, yeah. um, the vaccine, but that helped enormously. You know, the um, helping us just navigate through all of that content and information that's out there, that's done using AI. Um, there's search and rescue applications with AI. There's, you know, lots of technology on, you know, pacemakers, you know, and stuff that pups. it would take us forever to do ourselves, even using computers, but programming them ourselves. We could AI not, can yeah, shortcut. Absolutely shortcut. Now, the, and the challenge will be just to make sure that these things are working properly. But I think people should be optimistic about AI. Does, you know, while we spent a bit of time talking about the negatives, the good news is that lots of people are talking about the negatives. So the legislators are talking about it. The policymakers are talking about it. I'm not sure the companies are talking enough about it, but I think, um, the, but the public is certainly talking about it. And the media is certainly talking about it, and I think that's a, that's a that's is something that we should be we should be optimistic about that people are really looking out for the the downsides. But of course, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that there are massive upsides yeah. for AI. Uh, I was reading a quote from a man called uh, Dr. Thomas Shomoro Premuzic. I don't know whether you heard of him. He's professor of business psychology at University College London, London and Columbia University, and he says um, we should always remember that uh, people tend to overestimate the short-term impact of technology and underestimate the long term. Yes, in fact, he and I gave, uh, we were both keynoting at a conference in Dublin recently, and ah. uh, that's, uh, that, quote, that quote is actually uh, one called Amara's Law, that we, um, that we do overestimate the impact of a technology in the short term. And of course, um, and that's true, you know, that is true, and that's very true of AI, that we think it's going to completely change the world, but it doesn't. And if you look back to the early 80s, when the database was introduced, really, people started really worrying about this technology that, well, what, is, what if the data about me is wrong? You know, won't, you know will I lose my job? Will I, will, I get the, will I not get my social welfare payments? Will I, you know, will I be disadvantaged? Will I be on some criminal database? And people really thought that the world was going to end, but it didn't. And of course, let's not forget the Y2K bug, for goodness sake. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I came across a, a, a development of AI uh, on Friday night. I was uh, at the UCD Alumni Awards, mm-hmm. and there was a woman called Dr. Alison Darcy. She's the founder of a company called Wobot. Health. That's W O E, yeah. uh, bot health, and it's a, 
a program whereby people can interact with this robot uh, for cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, so like the, the early chatbots allies in these sorts of things, um, they weren't intended to be therapists, but people ended up speaking to them as if they were therapists. And this, is, this has always happened with these sort of chatbots, that people do like to talk to things that apparently talk back to them and tell them all their secrets. And of course, you know, not only are there these types of things, but there are... There are um, now, chatbots, uh, there are companies that actually uh, sort of program uh, a mate for you. There's a, there, you know, so the, you know, there's romantic chatbots that can uh, that sort of appeal to the kinds of interests that you have. There are actually companies that where you can, where your chatbot can speak to, can go out and sort of search for, the, you know, the chatbot representing <laughs> a, 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 a person that you might like. So there's all this sort of, you know, bot talking, um, sort of uh, pre-screening for dating. There's all sorts of interesting things. But these things, we do need to make sure that they're also responsible because, of course, people might tell them things thinking that they're talking to a human being. And what's really important is that people know that they're not yeah. and that the advice that they get might not be in their best interest either. All right, some of the texts coming in. I visited a friend a few weeks ago and one of the conversations we had was about mice in his house. Hmm. The following morning, I got an article on my phone that was issued in a newspaper three weeks prior to that giving tips on how to get rid of mice. I didn't look up anything on my phone. All that happened is we spoke about it. Is that AI? It's very strange anyway, says uh, Denise. Yeah, so there's a couple of explanations for that. Um, So on your smartphone, there are apps that do sample, do make tiny little recordings of sound from the background in order to be more sort of context accurate. Um, My advice is is to turn those things off, and you can do that in the settings of the phone. Don't give them access to the the microphone. That can happen. so, but also, you know, somebody might have searched for something. It might, it might not have been this caller, yeah. but it might be the person that they visited. And of course, the proximity of those, you know, hey, you know, Barry's interested in mice. Pat was with Barry. Maybe Pat's also interested <laughs> okay, in mice. Okay, you know, my something. goodness. So, um, and, and that is AI. Uh, here's the final challenge for you, Barry. This is, <laughs> you go back to your lab in UCC, uh, and this listener uh, wants to know, can you get AI to get rid of pornography? Oh, that's a very, that is a really... That's your challenge. That's a challenge. So I'm... I, I, that's your Nobel Prize. Well, <laughs> I, so I, I'm on, I, I chair an advisory board for Europol, actually, that, that uses AI to prevent the, the dissemination of child sex abuse material. Um, it is really difficult to, um, to automatically prevent that content. It's actually very difficult to automatically detect any form of harmful content. And that's why content moderation on Facebook and all of these other places are done ostensibly with human beings because understanding the nuance of something, understand the meaning of something, it's not always just the obvious thing that you need to... Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could have uh, the amount of skin showing. And sure, it's a bodybuilding competition. Yeah, and in fact, um, yeah. in fact, this is what lots of um, email uh, companies do. They'll, they'll withhold an image because they'll say, oh, there's lots of skin tone in that. Maybe that's not an image we should be... We should, but we should as be, I say, uh, it's the bodybuilding it's, it's, competition. Yeah, but it's very, very hard. Barry, thank you very much uh, Thanks, for Pat. joining us. Uh, Barry O'Sullivan, who's Professor of AI at University College Cork. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.